0: Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborg Live. We are beyond excited. Excited is nothing compared to what we are. To get to talk with you all about the meaning of life and everything that's good and true and all that. And we're, we're glad to be doing this interactive feature with all of you where we will answer your questions on anything spiritual, live, on the air, unfiltered, uh, f- except for the little filters we have in our minds. With me today uh, is a panel of exquisite guests, starting with... Chelsea Odner. Chelsea, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, everybody. I am glad to be here and uh, just thought, you know, to say a little how am I doing? Uh, things are good. The summer feels great. I'm enjoying. I always just feel grateful to get to do this work and uh, and especially, you know, a little window into work I'm doing right now is like, prepping podcast content, which is really fun. I'm excited about recording that. And then also working on the uh, the part I'm playing for the Off the Left Eye experience that's coming up in July. So those are two things that I'm really enjoying right now.
0: Awesome, we're gonna talk more about Off the Left Eye experience in a minute. Yeah, I'm supposed to ask everyone how they're doing. I forgot with Chelsea, but with Karin, I'm gonna nail it. Karin, who's our next panelist, how are you?
2: Hi, I'm doing well. We were having some downpours here in the Chicago area. I had a little flooding in my basement yesterday, but not not too bad considering what it could have been. And uh, it's not quite as rainy today. So doing well, yeah, real busy at work. There's lots going on that we're developing for the future. So that's lots to think about. And it's great it's great to be working with this material in many ways.
0: Awesome. Thank you. A lot of people in my situation would panic because I've already made two mistakes. We just barely started the show because I was supposed to introduce Jonathan next. That's why you saw that little graphic. I introduced Carmen. But look at how I just am calm and collected. It's just awesome. Jonathan is our last panelist. You already saw his credentials. Now, all we need to know is how are you doing, Jonathan?
3: Doing well, Curtis. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be with you all. And um had a good day, a very inspiring meeting this morning that lifted my spirits. And uh, so it, it's a it's a good day, a good day to uh, attempt to answer some questions. Let's put it that way.
0: If, and if you feel like an hour is not even enough for our attempts at question answering, hey, there's me right there. We are, as Chelsea mentioned, getting ready to launch our first ever weekend immersive experience, the off the left eye experience theme of this year's event is becoming an angel. It's a virtual experience that you can join from anywhere in the world. If you're interested, go to offthelefteye.com O-T-L-E 2021 and register. Actually, if you register before July 1st, you get a discount on your registration. So don't delay. Uh, it's going to be, it's really fun. And yeah, we've all had a lot of, lot of awesome energy preparing for each one of the panelists here. It's going to be giving a presentation there. So it's not to be missed. And if you want a little taste of it, we're doing a meetup this Thursday, July 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. There's a link in the description of this video. We're using Zoom to do a little presentation of Chelsea's talk, a little preview there, uh, as well as doing a little Q&A and getting to know each other. It's gonna be a great way to start to meet your companions and get a sense of what that's gonna be like. So we hope you'll join us. Okay, let's do the question thing. To do the question thing, we have to have your questions come in, so this is officially the start of answer your questions in the chat, and that will be the content for the show. While we're gearing up and doing our like vocal warm-ups and mental stretches, I just want to remind everyone that we're a not-for-profit, so the way that we're able to bring this programming is all of your support. And Tonight, we thought we would make it a fun game uh, by having a funding goal uh, that you'll see beside me. And anytime you make a contribution we get up toward that funding goal and if we hit it we will have a special game section where we will take it to the next level with swedenborg themed trivia and uh, exploration games uh, that are designed to humiliate us and also uh, give great knowledge to everyone there so please consider making a donation. We'll see if we can get there. Uh, I also want to also say one last thing. If you have somebody you're thinking of, I mean, the whole this whole show is, is about the idea of the reality of the existence of the spiritual world. So get your memorial submissions. And we've been doing this thing the last few programs where if you write the name of a loved one that you're thinking of in the chat, at the end, we'll just shout them out as part of our firmly held conviction that they're, they're still around uh, with us and, and just waiting for that reunion. Okay, so let's get going, and uh, let me read our quote for the day to kind of get us in the mood here and get us going from thinking naturally to thinking spiritually. This is from Arcana Celestia 8478. It should be recognized that divine providence is present within the smallest details of all, and that people in the stream of providence are being carried along constantly toward happier things, whatever the appearance the means may present. Those in the stream of providence are people who trust in the divine and ascribe everything to him. Certainly in the running for the greatest thought of all time, uh, it's one of my favorite Swedenborg numbers. So let's, with that sense of trust, yeah, do our best to answer these questions and just know God's gonna do what God's gonna do here. Okay, what do we got? Is there a, a first question? Oh, let me open up my little question thing. John Bishop asks, as to hypnagogic, lucid dreaming, Meditative, OBE, and simultaneous. These are types of spiritual experiences from a show that we did. Which of the five types of spiritual experiences relates to a spirit guide that shows you a glimpse of life in the next world? Is that specific enough for you? Uh, yeah. What What, what do you all think? What, what's, um, so it sounds like John's maybe having some kind of experience himself and wondering how to tie it in. Yeah, Dr. Rose, you want to kick us off?
3: Well, I'll uh, rush... To the fore to say, I'm not sure. Um, But um, Swedenborg does um, often in his experiences, uh, he doesn't play it up a lot, but it often seems that there's someone or a number of people present with him discussing what he's going through, uh, teaching him. Often he'll say it in a passive voice in the Latin it was said that this was so-and-so, you know, so there's some kind of explanation going on that accompanies his spiritual experiences. And then in one or two passages, he also adds that when he would kind of come back down to earth or whatever you want to call it, there would also be an angel there to help him remember what happened which always struck me as being a little bit like when you have little kids and you take them to the zoo, then the next day you say, remember how we went to the zoo and remember how we remember the animals we saw? Did we see this? you know, try to sort of activate their memory. And so an angel would uh, also be active after the experience to kind of refresh his memory. So off the top of my head, I think this may have been part of, um, each of these levels of his experience, it was certainly part of the um, more intense, you know, the, the the meditative, the OBE, the simultaneous, the, the upper level ones, but um, interested to hear what other people on the panel have to say.
0: Yeah, does anyone else have anything? I feel like that was so comprehensive. Karin, do you want to add to it?
2: Yeah, those terms, um, some of them are just uh indicating how you got into the spiritual experience in the first place. So which category yours goes into, John, uh, could, could have to do with it. Were you, were you asleep? You know, that would be the lucid dreaming one. Hypnagogic, were you, or were you between sleeping and waking? Those are both um, not actively sought, you know, like you were, you were passive at the time. And so it just came to you but if there was some meditation you were doing um you know active actively then i would call that a meditative you know if it led into a spiritual experience that would be you know swedenborg would sometimes be meditating upon a particular topic and wondering about it and that would lead him into a spiritual experience so that would be um so if that's what you were doing i would call it meditative maybe um OBE. I think of OBE as more like you are you are seeing the physical world, but you're, um, you know, you're out of your body. I don't know if there's another way of using that, but I think of that as um, uh, feeling like you're flying out of your body and you're seeing seeing sights along the way. I don't know if there's another use of that, um, and I can't remember what simultaneous means. I have to go back and watch our show. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if you if you were meditating and then that got into it, I would call it meditative. But but it does depend on what you were doing that brought you into it, what you would call it, you know, what category. So what did simultaneous mean, guys? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> was that just in reference to Swedenborg's experience where he just describes being simultaneously aware and conscious and active in this world while he was able to just oh, carry on conversations right. at the same time? which Seems like maybe the least common <laughs> of, of those, right?
2: Like being being aware, right, aware of your physical surroundings, but you're also hearing or seeing spirits at the same
0: time. And we so right. even sometimes have spirits comment on the physical world around them or, or interact with it. Like they would try to, some negative spirits tried to get him to throw himself under the wheels of carriages that were passing by. So a real in him particularly this blending of the two experiences.
2: Okay. So if you, if you go totally into that other world for a while in a spiritual experience, that's not a simultaneous, (laughs) that's one of the others. And, and depending how you got there. Um, Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a great point. Just that uh, I love that idea that all of those are entry points to the same spiritual world or the same, you know, capacity that we have in our minds for, for that interaction with, with spirits or that ability to get receive messages, whether it's through dreams or different things, rather than thinking that they're sort of different places or states. Like it kind of they all can kind of hold that that possibility. So that's
0: cool.
2: Yeah. And that there's a number of ways that you can end up there. <laughs> that's pretty cool.
0: Cool indeed. Thank you so much, everyone, for your insights on that. And thanks, John, for asking that question. You may have noticed near the end of it, we had a donation up on the screen. Howard It's our first donor of the night. Thank you, Howard. We are a quarter of the way to our goal. We are making great time there. We are ahead of the curve. Remember, the only way to get the frivolous yet meaningful bonus games is to make these donations uh, before the hour is up. All right. The next question comes from Tara Ray, who asks, I am wondering if the words fear and hate have meanings in the word different than how we might understand them. For example, fear God and hate others for the sake of me. It doesn't even say hate your mom and dad for for my sake. Uh, so yeah, I mean, could we please uh, sort that out a little bit because it seems a little harsh and a little confusing, Jonathan? What 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 is uh, God trying to say here?
3: This this is a great question and. Um... I, in a way, I get a sense from Swedenborg's exegesis, which is a fancy $10 word, meaning his explanation of the meaning of Scripture, that um, it's almost a basic strategy of the Bible to uh, use a word that the reader thinks they know the meaning of, (laughs) you know, because it's trying to couch everything into accessible language a very concrete everyday language everybody kind of knows what uh, a brother or a sister or father mother you know people generally know what a sheep or grapes or, or, or all those things and so and we have an idea of what fear is and what hate is and so on so the bible will go out of its way to use language that we um think we understand but I love the question because it suggests that the person posing the question is starting to, well, wait a minute, fear the Lord. Does that mean be terrified of of God? Does that mean something different? And I think that's exactly the journey, as a good journey to be on, let's put it that way, uh, to start to question the meanings of these things. Because after a while you think, wait a minute, I mean, does, isn't it all about love? God is love. So how would a God of love tell you to... Hate your own family. I mean, real for real. And and um, uh, and frankly, I think Swedenborg uh, does some of the same thing. He'll use terms like grace or faith or repentance. Even the way Scripture uses the word love uh, would be another example. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean the first thing you think of when when that comes to mind, uh, or it, it has a different meaning, and it may evolve in your head over time and so Swedenborg will use terms like um, you know repentance or imputation or, or whatever but when you study it you realize well he's kind of using it in a different way he's grabbing something that people know but then doing something different with it sort of like using a spatula to hold your door open or, or something uh, a terrible analogy but no, I'll stop now
0: I think it'll become known as the Jonathan Rose analogy uh, yeah but no, it's so that's a great basis for me because now I understand. All right, so we are hearing a language that that resonates with us because it's in our vocabulary, but the vocabulary is being almost being asked through familiar vocabulary to come to a new place, which Swedenborg is very fond of spatulizing the door, as they say. So Karen, yeah, where, where, where do we go from there?
2: Yeah, I'll take the word fear, first of all, and there's two things that come to mind when I think about um, something in the Bible that will say something about fear of God, you know, and the one, the one thing is um, the Bible is often um, talking in terms of uh, how we might view things when we're uh, sometimes in a lower state of mind. And when we're in a lower state of mind, we can be afraid of facing the truth or, you know, like have fear about what (laughs) getting closer to truth or love might, might uh, show us about ourselves or something like that. So that's, that's one nuance, but mainly Swedenborg says that, um, the, the concept of fearing God, the deeper way to understand that is the way you would be afraid to hurt someone that you love. And so, um, If you, if you really care about somebody or there's somebody, a child or a pet or somebody that you're responsible for, you're, you fear to hurt them, you know, you're, you're afraid to hurt them. And, and that's, doesn't come from a negative kind of fear. It comes from love and, or if you're in a relationship and you don't want to hurt this person, you would, you know, in a sense, fear to, um, do something that would hurt them. And if, if you do hurt them accidentally, you're, you're, you have regret, so it's it's a, a positive kind of fear that keeps you um wanting to watch out from hurting somebody. And so um the idea of fearing God in the in the deeper sense, in the heavenly sense, is that you would you would just never want to go against what God wants because that is all about love and uh taking care of everybody and you know to harm one of our to harm each other is to hurt God. So, so to speak, because God loves everyone. So just to, um, have a uh, fear to hurt him, you know, hurt the Lord. Um, and therefore to, to be, um, you know, have conviction to just work on getting, getting better and better at loving and, and, and living with integrity and and the way that that is in the divine design that would hurt, hurt um, help everybody to be happy. And then, uh, that idea of uh, just the the thing I'm thinking of is that, yeah, Jesus saying something about whoever hates father and mother for my sake. And, um, again, that's a strong word, but, but the symbolism of father and mother and family, as I think we've talked about in other shows, isn't about your, your actual family members. It's about things in your own mind, like, um, your own way of understanding things. And these are things that we have to surrender to be able to understand things um, from the Lord's point of view and let go of those things that we consider our own family of ideas, you know, family of thoughts and feelings get beyond that. And so I think contained in that, um, in that wording by Jesus is just like whoever is willing to reject kind of your own agenda, your own perspective and things, for the sake of, of opening up to the Lord's agenda of love and and uh, long-term perspective, um, it's that word hate is having to do like turning away from something. So um, something that would get in the way of opening up to the Lord's love for everybody and going with that. So there are my thoughts about that.
0: I love the point you made about the, the true meaning of father and mother. And it wasn't on a recent show that we did explain the meaning of one of the Psalms. It might've even been Psalm 91, where it says, it's everything's going really well. And it says, even if my mother and father abandon me, you won't abandon me. And it's just a strangely bizarre, you know, sad scenario, but it's talking about the, even if we get to the point where, what we thought was our own, the things that were were in control of us, we actually realized we're not, that it's really God in control of us. That's what it's about. So really, you can't you can't get it at the core of these confusing statements like fear God, he, hate mother and father without understanding the, the singular focus of scripture, which is for God to talk to you about your thoughts and feelings and how to allow God into this. So I, I love the idea of raising that up. Hey, everybody, thank you so much. We had two donations come in during this. We had John who gave, thanks so much, John. He gave in memory of Patricia and Emerson Bishop. So we honor their memory here. And then Juliet gave. And we, so we are now up to $80 total raised. We are getting towards our goal. I think we're on great pace to make it and get the games that we're all here to see.
2: Thank you Just so think. much.
0: <laughs> Next question. And thank you, Tara Ray. That was a great question and some great dialogue. So I appreciate. Oh, did
2: Chelsea have any thoughts though? Oh no, okay.
0: We we're trying to get Chelsea to weigh in on that, but that's one subject she's definitely staying away from. <laughs> no, i was just kidding. Okay, Tema asks, do we have, to, I love this one, do we have to make a living in the afterlife? If we are good spirits, do we still have to deal with undesirable things in the afterlife, like robbery, illness, or parasitic creatures? <laughs> Which is just the question of, how much is this suffering stuff have to be around is in heaven we have to have it is there is there ever a a time in which the things that here it's just oh i can't control can you ever really be uh immune to that sort of stuff so what's uh what's the answer i want to know karen do you want to start us off
2: sure yeah you you don't have to make a living in the afterlife the way we do on earth like everybody has in order to have a house and food and everything we we have to go out and earn money and pay the money. Um, that's not how it works in the afterlife. Um, things are provided by the Lord that we need. And if the more we are um, opening and opening to the divine design, which is a up that everybody, everything that a person needs flows through the network of the harmony of all the angels in heaven, you know, and brings to everyone the gifts from the Lord, which is, you know, sustain us like food that provide the homes that, um, you know, everything a person needs. And in heaven, uh, angels do absolutely have jobs or tasks, but it's, but it's totally for the sake of the joy of, of being of service to other people and making a positive difference to the whole. It's not for the need of earning money to, um, you know, to get the necessities of life, because as I said, those are provided. And so, um, it's the only thing Swedenborg says about like people. Having to sort of earn something is if people are, uh, you know, turning away from that heavenly, um, state of life and, uh, uh, you know, getting towards the hellish state of mind and refusing to be a part of this network of harmony. Um, there, there's, you know, sort of more of a, like, um, having to work to get some food is sometimes like, um, something Swedenborg uh, describes, but it's not, it's just because they're not in this flow. They chose not to be in this flow and, uh, the way it works is, what in the afterlife, what you put out comes to you. So everybody who is just because of love, just um, provide, you know, giving to the whole receives everything they need. If somebody's cutting themselves off and just saying, I don't want to share or give anything there's it's sort of uh, messing up the system for them. And they have to kind of be a little more compelled to be of some kind of service so that a flow can come to them. So, uh, but yeah, as long as um, you know the system is set up that we don't have to earn money and earn a place to live and everything is just get into this flow. Everything is provided by the Lord. That's the way God wants it.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's it was making me think of how, in and I think you're sort of getting at this car and where in the afterlife, as Swedenborg describes it, there's different realms and areas, and so the world of spirits, he calls it, which is midway between heaven and hell is this enormous, expansive place um, that everybody goes first before whether they find their true home. Um, And and then, so I would think, and, and he describes in the world of spirits that there's quite a lot of sort of spirit trickery that can happen and go on because you have spirits that are trying to manipulate people and, you know, do pull one overs on, on various people for various, you know, ends. And so it's like, there's, seems like there is that, compa- not that there's, uh, you know, like Karin was saying, that sort of the goodness, what's in your heart is going to be a protective factor for all of those things. Um, But that they Swedenborg described having to be sort of an angels would sort of clue them in to things about like spirits trying to appear one way and they're really looking to try to get manipulate you in some other way and everything. Um, so that sort of, you know, intentions that people have are still at play in the world of spirits and particularly in the world of spirits and then more so in hell, but then, um, in heaven, even Swedenborg describes that people like, there's this interesting element at play where, you know, even angels go through cycles and they're, you know, human beings who are developing. And so there, our ability to, we almost, it's not, it's not the same sort of like, Oh, I've been robbed, like this random, you know, I was robbed and it feels horrible and like somebody attacked me or something. It's more like things can happen, but there's uh, a reason, or like it all is meaningful to your own spiritual journey. um, If that makes sense. So he describes if, if you're sort of going off course or getting sort of, you're getting wrapped up in thoughts or feelings that aren't necessarily uh, as aligned with everything that is loving and wise, then things can start appearing in your environment to help clue you into that. And it can look like it's a superficial thing. Like your garden is wilting. He describes it, or you get stains on your clothes. He gives in one example and things like that, where it's like, things that seem like not great illness or something or some issue with your environment. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not, it, it, it's all governed by spiritual laws, not by physical laws. So it has to do with what's going on in your heart and mind. And, and it's a way to clue into, Oh, where do I need to kind of recenter myself or whatever? So sort of different, different elements at play, it seems like on different levels, uh, in the spiritual world. So.
0: Yeah, so I want to hear um, Jonathan. Yue. and just before we do that, though, we got some good news on the giving front. Uh, I didn't mention this, but Juliet's gift was in memory of John Gregory Marshall. So thank you for honoring him. Celine gave. So now thank we're we're you. up, and then we had an anonymous gift come in. Thank you, anonymous, and we're up to one hundred and thirty. Now we are closing rapidly in on. Our goal, but yeah, Jonathan, what what um, does this always conversation stir up for
3: you? It's a such a rich question, and um, it makes me think of Paul's teaching that the spiritual body. There's a physical body and the spiritual body, and the spiritual body is incorruptible. And Swedenborg definitely seconds that idea. That um, generally speaking, the the body, whether you're evil or good, it sounds like. Uh, you know, physical health problems. That's not, not a thing. Um, somewhere Swedenborg says there are no hospitals, you know, there's zero hospitals in, in the other world. So illness is off the, you know, that that's not going to happen. Uh, the other thought that it brought to mind was that um, I get the impression that goodness and love and compassion are actually, they, they might seem sort of weak or meek in in certain lights, but the way Swedenborg describes it, they offer tremendous protection. And the more that we're in those states, the more protected we are. This fits with other things that Chelsea and Corinne just said. Um, So it depends on our state. Even angels can sometimes have a bad hour or, you know, be momentarily self-centered or, or something and and get into a weaker condition. But as long as you're in that state of love and compassion, uh, there's tremendous protection in there. So I get the impression that a lot of bull- angels, when they're doing their job, are bulletproof, basically. You know, they, they, they can't be uh, hurt. Uh, I remember Swedenborg and an angel saying at some point when people had threatened to drag him into the... um uh, the center of town, and and Swedenborg said, and the angel said, um, we will not be forced, much less dragged, but we will go with you, you know, but it, it kind of had that commanding air of like, oh, no, you're not going to drag us, you know, that's not happening. Um, so I think when they're, when they're in that state, when they're in their usefulness, uh, there's a great strength there. And so it's incentive for us, while we're here in this world to to develop more of that goodness, because I think that really uh, keeps us safe from all kinds. Basically, the whole idea of salvation is safety. It's the same word in in Latin and Greek that that to to be um, safe from harm is basically what the Lord is offering us in salvation.
0: And those states of mind can get lead to really tangible results in the spiritual world. There's cities, most famously the New Jerusalem, are described. As having walls around them, and Swedenborg talks about cities with walls that seem to really have an effect. That they're, they're talks about spirits within cities that are protected from sort of wandering uh, marauders that are outside the cities, and that that even not being quite in heaven, where when you approach heaven with any kind of malice in your heart, you can't breathe. So there's definitely that that protection there. And it seems that the whole heaven and hell process that Chelsea alluded to in the world of spirits is a separating of what's helpful and what's harmful. And the things like parasitic creatures or or organisms, I would imagine this extends to microorganisms that, that really destroy other living systems. Those correspond to the kinds of thoughts and feelings that, that are consistent with the mindset of hell. So that stuff is more uh, around the hellish areas and actually strange to say that people in a hellish state of mind can actually be quite fond of that kind of stuff. Um, I remember Swedenborg talking about, you know, that spirits almost like having lice, but they enjoyed it because it was that it corresponded to the kind of depraved states of mind you get when you don't think anyone else is worth anything. So if that's a little bit of Swedenborg weirdness for you, okay, we're going to take our halftime break and do, and do a little raffle. But first Karin, did you have a closing thought on that?
2: yeah, just in general, like like uh, you guys are saying, goodness, the more we can connect with God and build that goodness that He's offering, the more protection that was in both psalms we did recent shows about and and amazing clarity, you know, in the other world, uh, just story after story, if someone is encountering something difficult, if they turn and pray for help, it seems to come immediately, you know, like the clarity or the help or whatever. It's not like in this world where we can flounder for quite a while. So uh, there's so much more help just boom available and protection if we're willing to turn towards the Lord and and goodness.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, here we are. I want to announce we had another anonymous donation. Thank you so much. We're up to 155. And uh we do want to go on just how much uh your gifts have meant to all of us uh, throughout this whole month like always. So we're going to do a little giving back here by doing our monthly donor raffle. So just everybody who's donated this month, thank you so much. We appreciate it. bottom of our heart it's it's allowing this work to happen. Um and now we want to give away a few things. First, we have three categories. Uh, first is the all-donor raffle. So anyone who gave this month, you are entered into this raffle. So let's see who walked away with a fabulous prize. Bill Burris won the all-donor raffle. You will get your choice, Bill, of a copy of Swedenborg's Heaven and Hell, the new century edition, portable edition, or the audiobook of the same, both excellent choices. Thanks so much, Bill, for donating. Our next raffle is the new donor raffle. So if you donated for the first time this last month, you're in this raffle. And let's see who we are welcoming in with this one. Christine Petalangus, who got Divine Love and Wisdom or the audiobook of Divine Love and Wisdom, which I'm still listening my way through and gaining much insight from. So thank you so much, Christine. And then finally, our recurring donor raffle. So the next step you can take if you want to make sure we have a consistent base from which to shoot these ideas out into the world is to sign up to give a, l- a little bit every month. And that allows us to know uh, where we stand and it's so helpful to us. So from all of those people signed up to give every month, we had a winner for our recurring donor raffle, which was none other than Margaret Waters Hill, who is going to get divine providence or divine providence audio book, book. Thank
1: you, thank you. Their
0: <laughs> no token of our of our gratitude and just say thanks so much that we really just no hyperbole we couldn't do it at all without your support all right let's um let's do more questions that was fun i want to do some more this is from ray wisdom who asks is it it is my understanding that the mind is a non-physical entity so does swedenborg say anything about the mind actually being housed within our body mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk minds. Jonathan, what do you think?
3: Well, yeah, it's a great question. And he definitely uh, supports that idea of the mind being a non-physical entity and eternal um, indestructible entity at at its core. Uh, Is the mind housed in the body? This is something that Swedenborg pursued uh, even before his spiritual eyes were open. He was fascinated with this question of, How does the mind and the body interact? A lot of philosophers were thinking about that intensively at that time. What Swedenborg finally came to or was led to see was this idea of correspondences that uh, some people sort of think of um, angels as being up in the sky somewhere, like the heavens are just out there in the universe and in the galaxy or something. Uh, Swedenborg said, no, there's an entire non-physical realm that parallels this physical realm. And they're intimately connected through this uh, quality called correspondences, which is that they perform the same function in these two separate worlds. You know, Everything in the physical world is physical. Everything in the spiritual world is spiritual. And we happen to be creatures that bridge both of those worlds. So our minds and th- thoughts and feelings are non-physical, uh, Swedenborg gives an example, the fact that you can think of someone with love who's on the other side of the planet, and it doesn't take all day to sort of call their mental image, you know, up in your mind. It's instantaneous uh, because the mind is not restricted in time and space the way the body is. Um, Swedenborg says at one point, which was striking to me, that if the mind were not everywhere. In the body, any part of us that the mind is not in just dies, period, Boom. you know, just that's it. The, the thing that sustains life in our body is our spirit, the presence of our mind and, and heart. And um, uh, so that uh, it is in every toenail, you know, it, it, we, it. our spirit is active in every single part of our physical body.
0: Can we just get a definition of life? The life is, has a mind within it, because if there's a part of the mind, it's not in our body. I just know this because I was for a couple of years, I was studying biology in college and they don't, there's the, the definition of life is not really succinct. It, the, there's not like one clear factor that makes something alive versus not alive. They have to say, Oh, well, it's, it's made up of cells. It grows and divides. It responds to its environment. It can use energy. So if there is this one element, which is that there's a mind connected to it, and what it isn't, anyway, that would be very cool. Uh, other thoughts uh, on that, uh, Karn? yes.
2: Um, it's interesting that though the mind is not physical, um, to my understanding, the mind actually is the spiritual body. Like when we leave our physical body, Our mind, our feelings, and our thoughts exist in a spiritual body. It's kind of like they are kind of the same thing. I mean, there's there's levels and layers to it all. But uh, so you can kind of think of your mind, uh, your yourself, your consciousness as us having a spiritual body that is um, interacting with your physical body. So in that way, it's maybe a little easier to picture how all your you know, that whole spiritual body is connected to your physical body because they are in the same form, so to speak, and your your spiritual body, which is your mind, is, is giving life to it all. So that's just maybe a way to picture it.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. I, well, it's great to have a, a sort of a template in the mind for oh, yeah, how do these two parts of me interact? And you know that. The brain matters if your brain gets damaged your mind obviously doesn't come through in the same way but i think that's what sleepborg is describing that it's it's a lot like I'm, I'm looking at the computer and the monitor that i'm on that if the monitor is damaged you can't see what the computer is trying to send you it doesn't mean the computer is damaged but definitely my experience of it would be so similarly um, the, we're not trying to discount the role and importance of the physical body. And it, it's, it's the thing that allows us to be here and the thing by which we get to know each other. So it's very cool, but it's, it's not everything. Hey, I just want to say we had another anonymous donor chip in and we had, we were up to 180, but then Jonathan gave and we've now smashed our goal. We are at 210. So we will do the games, the games. And if you haven't seen the games, nothing can prepare you for the ferocity of the games. Um, all that said, you, we, we still, any dollars that come in now are still go to support the programs just as much off the left.com slash donate. If you want to help the material get out into the world. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate that a ton. And so let's keep on chatting. Chelsea, did you have some thoughts about this?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say that we have that show how spirits are connected to your health that really kind of digs into like, uh, and and we have the show called Your Spiritual Body um, that goes into the details of what Swedenborg describes how our mind really is throughout our whole physical body, but through that, uh, through correspondences and how each part corresponds to, you know, some part of our spirit. And, um, and so the spiritual body is made up of the substance is love and wisdom. And whereas our physical body is made up of uh, matter, obviously. And so um, those two episodes would be great resources to dig more into this topic.
0: Absolutely. Good, good call on connecting news. All right. Hey, let's get into, let's change gears here and get into a really fascinating discussion about mental states. I mean, it's sort of the same gear, but this, I guess this ties really well in with the previous one and what we've been discussing. I guess it's like saying, can we take those ideas and apply them to a, to a pretty extreme situation? Gabriel, Gabriel or Gabriel asks, what has happened spiritually to someone who is considered a real psychopath or a real sociopath? Does everybody feel like they're familiar with what, what's a psychopath and what's a sociopath and what the difference is? If not, I've pulled up articles. Do you want me to give you a little something? <laughs> Um, the key difference between a psychopath and a sociopath is whether he has a conscience, a little voice inside that lets us know when we're doing something wrong. A psychopath doesn't have a conscience. If he lies, if he lies to you so he can steal your money, he won't feel any moral qualms. So he may pretend to. A sociopath typically has a conscience, but it's weak. That's from WebMD.com. Mm-hmm. So, what what's going on? That happens. People know it happens. Uh, what? I don't. Know, Swedenborg probably wouldn't have been using those terms, I imagine. But is there a, some kind of related phenomena that that he seems to describe? Ifara, do you want to lead us off?
2: Well, in general, um, if it's if it, this is genuine cases of psychopathy or uh, being a sociopath, um, that would be a mental illness. And as far as a person's um, eternal spiritual welfare, Swedenborg says that. If there is a mental illness, making it so this person actually can't access rationality and can't really understand the difference between good and evil and, uh, you know, that not having a conscience is, is, um, is an inability to weigh things, you know, to, to um, see a difference between harm and benefit. And if there is a genuine mental illness there, and a person doesn't have the ability to to think rationally and to understand enough to make a choice, um, then they are not spiritually responsible for that, and and things will be cleared up for them in the afterlife, so that they can see things see things clearly and rationally, and and look at what went on in their life, and then and then uh, you know make decisions with greater clarity. Um, as, as far as I know, I mean, mental illnesses can happen from, from physical causes, something is wrong in the body. We know that there are things that go wrong in the body so that you can't do something, you know, some, some part of your body is, um, just not working from birth or from a, from an accident or from an, from an illness, a physical illness. And so it just kind of, Takes away an ability and and that can happen in the brain too or, or some way that um, you know we talked about something we were just talking about the spirit needing to be able to get through the body and so um, as far as what's spiritually going on with the person on earth when that's going on there is some blockage there's some blockage so that their their rational level can't um, be activated and get through And that could be a physical cause um, or a trauma cause, I guess. I don't know all the causes, but um, that would be what's going on. There's some blockage and um, that would be different than, than somebody who, uh, you know, knew enough to make decisions that led them down a dark path and they got kind of addicted to self-centeredness and not caring about any, anyone else. That's a different um, that's a different situation and condition that was by choice, And of course, in all these things, there's spirits involved. Negative spirits would be fueling these um, behaviors. And it's just a matter of did this person freely choose that path or was there some blockage that made them unable to understand it? And and so it wasn't a freely chosen thing. And if so, that's going to be cleared away so that they can then go forward um, from their own volition in the afterlife. So there's some thoughts.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. It makes me think of um, the quote that there's a single uh, action can look a thousand different ways to an angel that we we can't know exactly what's behind even somebody having a condition like we were hearing about with uh, sociopaths and psychopaths, because as Karin, you were mentioning, it could be that there's they're, they're either lacking something they genuinely need or the same behavior could be coming out of somebody who has uh, embraced a state of hell, which as Swedenborg describes is, I would boil it down to knowing that something is wrong, but doing it because you enjoy it. And so there's certainly descriptions of people working themselves into that state. But uh, so, so yeah, I'd love to hear um, any other thoughts on that. Before we get there, some really great housekeeping. Uh, we had Sheila, Sheila gave to us. thank you so much. Sheila really appreciate it. We had Malin give in honor of Jose Maverick. So thank you so much. And then Alex gave in honor of Katcha Uh I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing all of these but that that was uh, his wife who is passed on. so thank you so much. For the gift and in honor of of those people, uh, we're thinking about. Thank you so much. Um, Let's let's continue to delve into this question, which is really a question about the nature of the mind, the nature of God's mercy. I loved your comments, Karen. Jonathan, what do you have to say?
3: I I think this is a difficult um, question to me and. Uh, As Karin said, uh, Swedenborg does emphasize that you can't judge from the outside what's going on on the inside of of other people. You can. You're welcome to try. (laughs) You know. You you and and you have to make judgments. It doesn't mean oh hire a psychopath to be your babysitter or something. But but uh, but that you don't. You can't really make a determination about heaven or hell for someone. Swedenborg has a lot to say about conscience and conscience is a very important thing. And even higher than that is, is perception. And so I think there is something that is very disturbing uh, to a lot of people with the idea of someone with just no conscience. You know, there are shows about that. Aren't there like serial killers or, you know, people who can just do something horrible and and then just, you know, have a nice dinner and go on with their life, you know, like they don't feel anything really seems like something's dead inside when that's the case. The only other thought I have about it is that the Lord is constantly reaching out to everybody and no one is unreachable reachable by the Lord. There, there are people who make themselves like, no, I'm committed to this. I love this. This is what I love. I have my freedom. You can't force me. You know, this is what I'm going to do. But, um, but. It, Everybody, there, there is nowhere in the spiritual, or mental, or psychological universe where you're out of reach. All those kind of healings that the Lord did in the New Testament are images of the Lord reaching people in different kinds of states, and uh, there are very moving stories in Swedenborg's works about people who Swedenborg just felt were hopeless, and and then he sees them just kind of transformed. And so uh, that's a that's a cool thought. Um, just seems like it'd be appropriate to pray for people in that condition. Cause how horrible not to, not to feel things like how dead do you have to be to, to not realize you've just hurt somebody. And that's the same as you being hurt. You know, like it's a very weird, weird condition, but it does make us think about, about conscience, doesn't it?
0: Sure does. And, and great to get to ponder this with all of you and try to think through how how does the spiritual layer help explain these baffling things, or at least give us the context to to process them? So thanks, and thank you, Gabriel, for the question. Our next one is from Deborah White, who asks, my son Casey hung himself seven years ago. Will I still be his mother in the next world? So thank you, Deborah, for being willing to share that. You know, it's unimaginable pain that you must have gone through, and uh, we just appreciate you Opening up about something like that, and does that is there any thoughts for anyone, Karin? I'm
2: so sorry, Deborah. That sounds just so horribly painful. My heart goes out to you, and you will absolutely be reunited with him. And what you, uh, you know, sort of lost temporarily between you and Casey can be healed and restored. Um, your your relationship was interrupted due to pain he was in for for whatever reason and uh, I I feel for you feeling what you what you lost and the opportunities but but nothing is ever lost that is of love you know it, we so often get things interrupted in this life in various ways in relationships and and uh, efforts and things and everything that everything that matters and is a part of love, like your the love between you and Casey, that's still there that will be restored and healed and you you can, you will find each other when it's your time to cross over. And he will have been doing a lot of healing there and you can reunite and you'll have so much to talk about and so many hugs (laughs) to catch up on and um, you, yes, you will be back together and you can just restore your relationship and and continue on from there. So it will feel, you know, this, the years here when you've lost somebody feel so long, but I think when we find each other again in the afterlife, and then the eternity you have from then on this, this little separation will just be a blip that will quickly disappear. So yes, your relationship will be restored and, and you can continue
0: Thank you, Karen. really appreciate it. Chelsea, what do you think?
2: Yeah, it was um,
1: something that's coming to mind for this question, but also was for the previous one too, um, was what Swedenborg calls our remnant, like this uh, part of us that this deep core part of our spirit that is holding where the Lord stores up all sort of experiences of innocence and goodness and love. And, and we, we all sort of inherit a big, storehouse of that just through the our experience of infancy that a lot of that just gets sort of inserted into our spirit as this essential spiritual core which then those outer layers can be you know um develop blockages like Karin was describing from the earlier question and then so the same thing can be at play when somebody's um dies by uh suicide and so um you know that that is one of the amazing things that can happen in the afterlife is the the lord is able to or provides in experiences for those inner earliest memories and states to come back and be relived or be opened up and so it doesn't matter how totally buried it is that can come out again and you can be you know it's the same way and i imagine it being like in this world when we smell something that just brings back the experience of an earliest memory and you're just there and um there's that ability to sort of fully re-inhabit and experience the feelings and emotions of early precious sort of innocent states um and and so that that could be i could imagine could be one of those things that's at play when the lord and angels are helping to enable healing to happen in the afterlife and reconnection between you know you and your son is being able to relive and really still have those those experiences and have them heal the relationship
0: wonderful yeah Uh, i am reminded of swedenborg describing families from the ancient church the most ancient church that he talks about which you know lived thousands of years ago and he talks about seeing them together you know living in the afterlife so there can certainly be those bonds can be much stronger than these few years that we have in this world and so again just thank you for being willing to share that and, and you know i would like to think that, that casey's you know been with you this whole time and, and still sees you as his mom okay let's let's do another one i think we have time for another one last question this is from pamela lily black who asks Does sweetborg talk about the second death in revelation Are evil souls who continue to reject the love of god separated from god eternally so more confusing language in the Bible. What is the second death that we're being warned about? Um, and can you really be, do you ever lose your your chance? Jonathan, what, what do you think?
3: I, I'll try to answer half of it at least. Uh, uh, Swedenborg does talk about the second death in the book of Revelation. And he talks about it as meaning that there is a physical death. Uh, you know the death of our body when our spirit crosses over and the second death is a what you might call a, a spiritual death there there's no there's no death death in, in swedenborg's uh theology um meaning everyone continues to exist you know so what they mean by death is just the absence of um uh, uh love of a certain kind or or a certain kind of spiritual freedom uh, that kind of thing it probably what they describe as spiritual death is like we've all been through a lot of it in the course of our lives um and we would just think oh that's ordinary reality or something it's really the the lack of this even greater uh amazing life that he describes as possible as we go through repentance and regeneration and, and that kind of thing um so I will leave to others wiser than myself the second half of the question. Anybody have any light on that?
2: Um, I'll con- continue. And yeah, I mean, the simple way, the second death is just the, the state of hell, just the state of rejection of God. Um, because heaven in the Bible is called land of the living. You know, life is getting close to God's love and wisdom. So death is is blocking that off, willingly blocking that off. And the second part says are evil souls who continue to reject the love of God, separated from God eternally. The thing is, as, as long as someone is actively rejecting something, they, you know, they can't have it. Just like we, if we're rejecting something, we can't accept it. We have to accept something. So as, as long as some, a, a spirit is rejecting, uh, God's love that they, um, are in a state of hell. And the Lord continues processes to, to lead, um, you know, evil spirits or people who have turned to evil to break down that that rejection, you know, break down the um, passions that resist and reject heaven. And so there's there's a constant effort by God to break down that resistance, but it has to go along with um, the willingness of the person. And so that's the only, you know, that's the only, um, way it can happen according to the rate of, of the willingness of the person. And Swedenborg says some things about people being led a little closer, you know, like out of worse or evils into a little bit lesser evils and gradually a little bit closer to God. So the Lord is, is never stopping that effort to try to, um, lead people to uh, let go of and and break down that resistance um, but it can only go as at the rate people are willing
0: and separated from god but there's levels to that i mean you can't be separated from god you you would cease to exist so in yeah. more, even in those who are most wholeheartedly rejecting god and turning their backs there's still light coming in from behind so you can at least see a little bit god is Always there and giving you a ton, even if you're not uh that yes. God's not getting to give you the the life that he would want to. Um, so you're not that separate. Um right. Hey, look at us. We're like all the way at the end of the we gotta get to um we just keep doing questions forever, but we've got games to get to. Before we do that, let's get to our thought brings presence segment. We had said in the beginning that we wanted to, we've we've already been doing a lot of talking about those who have passed. Um, and and how much that connection means. And this is a chance to, to further the reality of that. So Karin, do you want to take it away? Yeah,
2: this is our Thought Brings Presence segments where we're thinking about people who have passed over but are still with us in love and in spirit. And there, we have a quote from Helen Keller from her book, Light in My Darkness. And that says, My faith never wavers that each dear friend I have lost is a link between this world and the next. A beautiful thought that every everybody that we love that has crossed over is one more link, linking us even more strongly to heaven. <laughs> so here are some people that you're thinking of today, and we're going to think about with you. Um, Shashira S. is thinking about Akash, my younger son who left us on December 3rd, 2020. And Vivi is thinking about Marina and Fotios, my mother and my dad. Colin Vickers is thinking of Stacey Draper. Shout to my uncle, Stacey Draper, who struggled a lot in life and may have been murdered. Jocelyn Stuff is thinking about Matthew Dale Stuff. Tina Hansen is thinking of my little sister, Angela. Angela is on my heart today passed 1997 at age 25. Deborah White is thinking of my son, Casey, who passed away in 2014. Myelin Soto is thinking of Jose Mavarez. My husband, Jose Mavarez passed away last November and watching you guys really helps me a lot. I miss him very much. Pearly B, God's child, is thinking of Jessica Bell. Missing my daughter, she went into the afterlife on 12, 11, 20. I'm missing her so much, really longing to hear her voice and see her in my dreams. And finally, Peter Kaufman is thinking about Benjamin and Robin. My son, Benjamin, and daughter, Robin, in spirit, both so young, left so early. Uh, Ah, We're thinking of all those people with you and sending love to all your families.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate you being willing to to share that with us. We have a feature uh, on our website, which is our uh, tribute wall. So if anyone who's donated $25 or more and you just, as a token, want to put someone's name up there, uh, you're welcome to do so. We have an in honor of, in memory of, just another way that you can put their name out into the world. I I urge all of you to go check it out and see the people that uh, other people are thinking about. All right. Thanks everybody. That was awesome questions and awesome discussion. And now it's going to get real. It's time for the games. And the games start with grading Sweden bot. All right, Chelsea, you want to take it away?
1: Yes. So Grading Swedenbot, we have a uh, Swedenbot that we are cultivating, our little AI who aspires to be able to write theology as well as Swedenborg someday and really uh, grasp the whole worldview. And so for this portion of our games, Swedenbot gives us a little taste of what he's been working on, and we give him some feedback on how well he is grasping Swedenborg's concepts so last week or I mean last month in the last uh episode Swedenborg wasn't doing too well he got pretty low grades so we're gonna see if he's improved at all over the last month and this is real like we really did uh we really do have this AI and so these are Swedenborg's uh expressions for us so all right yeah What's so what's the first one let's see The Lord teaches that we are supposed to ask what we are truly like inwardly. So we can discuss that and then give give Swedenborg a grade. So the Lord teaches that we are supposed to ask what we are truly like
0: inwardly.
2: That's interesting.
0: Would would Swedenborg say that? Uh, So my first thought is conceptually, I don't think we're going to have a major issue here. It's not the way that Swedenborg would say it
1: know right? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so just that we are supposed. The Lord teaches that we are supposed to ask what we're something about it. And I can't quite put my finger on it. It's just a different, uh, a different route from the pen to the reader than he usually takes. Right. Um,
2: yeah. It's right. It may be worded a little differently, but I think, like you're saying, the concept is aligned. Like we are supposed to ask ourselves, (laughs) what, what am I really like inside? And, uh, and ask the Lord, you know, like for help to do some introspection and really look at our motivations and things like that. So I'm feeling like the concept is, seems pretty aligned with what Swedenborg would write.
3: Yeah, it is really hard to analyze, isn't it? To, To try to figure out what, what is not quite right about it wasn't doesn't quite pass the sniff test as true Swedenborg uh there's something about teachers that we're supposed to ask it doesn't say who we would ask are we supposed to ask the Lord or ponder ourselves (laughs) (laughs) we are invited to ponder for ourselves what we're truly like we're also told sometimes that it's hard to tell and and all that um but I think Swedenborg has come along in the past month. They've been working hard.
0: This is what it is. It's, this, it's the supposed. Like that, like oh, we, just, yeah. we, should, we should do that. We're supposed to do that. Swedenborg is so adamant about giving the reason for everything that, that we need to ask this because of this, because there's not this um, blind-ish obedience. So to say, we're supposed to do this, it's really more like a physics lesson. Usually it's like you do this or else this happens or because of this, this to just say, Hey, we're supposed to do this. I think right. that's what's, what's getting it wrong. I, but this is good. I mean, I would, it's gotta be at least a B, right? I
3: yeah. think B. Yeah. B is
2: what came
1: to
3: my mind. It's all, B.
2: <laughs> all right.
1: Swedenbot getting better. So we've got one more uh, to consider. So that's a good one. Swedenbot. So here's the next one. People who have been regenerated are devoted to the divine design. That's an AI.
0: That's um, that's, that's good.
2: I think that's an A. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I, I think most of it's Dr. good. The, the word, over
0: here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the word.
3: Should I adopt a British accent? The the um, the um, the the word devoted is my problem um i think they are people who've been regenerated are have followed the divine design you know Mm. devoted to sounds like you are intellectually gung-ho about it or you know like yes i'm a fan or or something and uh i don't think he would quite say that
0: oh but you're saying it's not precise and like his definition this second statement about your state is not precise enough it's a little too much of a like a um sounds sounds cool but it's not technical enough
3: yeah yeah that would be uh, my okay. so i i yeah. would vote for a b i know we don't have pluses or minuses in this game but yeah but i'm a curmudgeon
1: oh and we've got that's that's the translator speaking so i think maybe we got a Listen to yep. him, right? So B, all right. <laughs> Double B, B Sweden Good work.
3: But it, but it's good. Better than better than last time.
1: It definitely is.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> all right. Thanks everyone for
0: playing, uh, grading Swedenbot, and now we'll move on to our next game. Oh. Oh. Do we have the? Uh, the it really intro?
2: Good. <laughs> it's called. Oh. Yay. It's time for a guess that Swedenborg. Oh. <laughs> I'm not looking. <laughs> the answer was there.
0: Did it show, is it still showing?
2: It's still showing. Oops. <laughs> oh
0: man, We okay. might have a-, we
2: have a little technical difficulties. <laughs> so then- <laughs> I,
0: I already saw that it says infinite in it. So I know no, I'm guessing that.
2: Yeah, so it might have just been given away too much.
0: Okay, well, should we skip it? What do you what do? You, uh, yeah,
2: we we, what, we have that. Just wow.
0: people get a
1: lot of elevator pitches. <laughs> well
2: don't. show it. Show you. Shall we? Can you show it again, guys, so that now we can just see the sentence and we yeah. can
0: comment we'll just, on it. Just
3: assume that I won. You know,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Probably, probably Curtis would
0: have I won. I
3: think that's sound.
1: Curtis continues his streak.
3: Actually,
1: yeah, I was like, my point. Actually, listen, I got 50 on the grade, so.
3: Ooh, I man. love the quote.
2: There is an infinite variety of good activities in heaven. Well, it's a wonderful concept, so just spend a moment uh, acknowledging that, that
3: anything
2: oh. good, that, you know, there is just infinite ways that we can find to engage in goodness in heaven and that's why heaven will never be boring. sometimes people wonder is heaven going to be boring? there's you know what is there to do. it's just infinite. there's just every moment there's something new. every day there's some new aspect to the the thing you love to do that you can dig into and learn about and apply and try and so it's it's infinite and the variety is infinite. so everybody's got their unique angle and take on on contributing to the
3: to the greater good. It reminds me of Swedenborg's statement that uh, the number of occupations in this world is is very narrow in comparison with what goes on Mm. in heaven. And I love that idea that there are, you know, that a lot of people have to do jobs that they're not that crazy about, you know, maybe they're happy to help people, but it's not their favorite thing, or they feel like they have more to give or something. And I I love the idea that in the other world, uh, you'll get like a custom made job and it'll even keep evolving and keep getting better over time. And the people you work with, uh, the whole thing will get better and better. Um, So I love that idea of like a much vaster employment situation where yeah. as we said before it's not to make a living to make a mere living but but uh for your real usefulness what's the unique thing that you can contribute to the whole and uh and there's no no limit to that there's there's room for for you even if you don't totally fit into this world the way you might like people always
0: trying to reduce it and say oh well what's heaven it's it's like earth but with all the fun stuff taken out or all the bad stuff taken out. So it's less, but really there are many more things there. there's possibilities there that we don't even understand here. Like it's like, as Swedenborg often describes, it's like looking at the hand, but then zooming in to see the cells. Like there are so much more on the heavenly level that we can't even begin to imagine here. The, the sense of, uh, it's it ain't it ain't boring. Okay, thanks everybody. That was hey. I feel like I still got had a fun playing that game, regardless of how the actual thing went. Let's move on to our last and most dangerous game. Okay, the elevator pitch is where a robot computer will select one of us <laughs> and a to- Swedenborg topic, and then the an individual who gets selected. We'll only have one minute to give a concise summary of that topic that would convince someone that it means it's meaningful for their life. So let's take a look at our topics and our people and see what the machines do. Spin those wheels. Jonathan is gonna do angels and demons, okay? We're stepping on an elevator. Here we go, Dr. Rose, are you ready? Three, two, one.
3: You're on. All right. Uh, There has been this idea in different cultures all over this planet forever, this idea that there are angels and demons. There's some kind of evil spirits. There's some kind of good spirits, the ancestors. And um, uh, our modern times are unusual for Poo pooing this idea and rejecting it. It's been rejected from the idea of mental health. It's rejected from the idea of physical health and other areas. Uh, And yet, I think it's an important idea because um, Swedenborg says that there are actually angels and demons with us, and they have a lot to do with what we're thinking. And feeling, and if you don't take them into account, you never really get to the bottom of what's going on with our mental and emotional health. So let's get them back in the game.
0: Oh, that that line at seven seconds was really strong. Like, hey, you're you're not you're not going to figure out what's going on with yourself unless you have this. I mean, you had me at poo pooing, but there you're really. (laughs) All right, thank you, Dr. Rose. You landed that
1: real well. It was good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was really strong. Tie together. While we were in the game section, we got another donation. So, and that was anonymous donation in memory of Robert Engel. Thank you so much. Thank you. Contribution. And thank you, everyone. We actually had 12 donors, three of whom were brand new for a total of $510 to support our not-for-profit mission. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Crazy. Wonderful. Much appreciated. Uh, and if you're watching in post, no problem. You can still uh, affect the mission in the same way. Go to offtolefteye.com slash donate. Any any time of the week will help get Swedenborg's message out to the world. Um, so. Let's do another
2: elevator pitch.
0: Do you, you think we have time? Okay. Yeah. All right. The is still going. Let's, let's do it one more time. Here we go. we got one minute. It better not be me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's look at that. The it goes down to Jonathan's not on it anymore. That's amazing. Okay. Chelsea, your streak continues. You're going to talk about heavenly happiness. <laughs> what is it? I've just stepped on this elevator. Three, two, one, go.
1: Well, this is probably the million dollar question, right? It's like happiness, the pursuit of happiness. How do we, how do we achieve happiness in this life? And so heavenly happiness is not just happiness, but an upgraded happiness? And the answer might surprise you because the uh, the way that happiness really works is to understand that there is one divine being that is actually the reality of everything, the Lord, who is love itself and wisdom itself. And when we surrender into that into this, giving over our power to listening to that, uh, to God in our hearts and minds. That's how we actually gain true happiness. So it's not even an achievement; it's a surrendering of selfish concerns for learning to listen to this inner voice that will bring you to heavenly happiness forever. Woo!
0: Oh, I'm sold. I want that you were saying that's great oh that's cool and it's so true that that's what everybody's looking for the pursuit of happiness and it's in a place you might not expect so great thank you chelsea thank you jonathan for pitching your lives here oh you think we can do another one okay go
3: let's
0: go quickly quickly there's no time spin it it's not going to be me, so I don't... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> in on divine providence. What's divine providence and why does it matter? This is going to be three, two, one. You're on.
2: There is a divine design. There is an ideal plan and structure for life and existence that flows perfectly and beautifully and brings happiness to all. And divine providence is the efforts of God to bring things back into the divine design. So we are given free will as a human race because we wouldn't be human without it. And happiness couldn't be real unless we freely chose it. Um, but when, as we get out of the divine design, things get awry and messed up and there's troubles. And so divine providence is taking every situation and trying to bring good out of it, trying to bend us back towards good, to choose good. And so providence is guiding everything in the direction of back to the divine design, to heavenly happiness. And is, divine providence is working in every one of your lives, every moment. Thank you.
0: Oh, I'm in. Whoa. That's right. Wow.
3: Well, so, that's- how, how does providence relate to having three elevator pitches?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Well, I think you can see that providence in that there's only me left and ooh, we're out of time. So the Lord, like this, is, is the Lord protecting me or not? Right. So, wow, that was so cool to get to hear those. And I'm still, I feel really uplifted. I feel like I believe in providence that they can lead me to heavenly happiness and that there's angels there to protect me from the demons. I feel like, man, this was a weird elevator ride, but I'm glad I got on with all three of you. Uh, okay. Well, that, that's our show for today. Um, yeah. Thank you everyone for your questions and your your donations and your willingness to share and think through this stuff with us. And thank you to the panelists. Chelsea, great to see you here today.
1: Oh, thanks. It was really great to get to be here and listen to the whole panel's responses and just share in the wondering about these questions. So I'm glad to be here.
0: Jonathan, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for your, your wisdom and light.
3: It was a real uh, blast, and um, I'm so grateful to the donors and so grateful to all the people engaging in the chat. Uh, It's just a very fun thing to be part of. Thank you.
2: Yeah, and thank you so much, everybody, for your presence, for your donations, for your thoughts and questions. It's wonderful to hang out with you. I'm very grateful.
0: All right. We'll do it again in a month. Every single Monday, there's new content on the Off the Left Eye YouTube channel. Check out our Inside the Left Eye podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hope that you find yourself inspired and feeling that heavenly happiness throughout the rest of your night and your day and your week or wherever you are. It's great to get to hang out with you for a little while.